This is Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you a voice. Everyone has got a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that even in the tough moments. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. Pompey's first away match of 2024 saw Cheltenham reign victorious as the Blues succumbed to Circum at Wadden Road. And Morel can get it back to shot for C, who's given the ball away and Circum scores! Pompey making mistakes to the back and Liam Circum has punished them again. A manic five minutes in Gloucestershire which began with a score goalless ended with the Robins leading 2-1 despite John Messina's side having taken the lead in all of that as well. Over 1,500 Pompey fans left perplexed at the weekend, and that was a feeling the gaffer had too, although admitting defeat largely down to individual errors. Really, really disappointing afternoon. Thought we were the better side, but we've made a couple of really, really poor decisions that have cost us. So a second loss in four league matches for the men, but a winning weekend for Portsmouth women. Goal scorer Ali Hall has been praising the persistency of her teammates to find a way through in Sunday's 1-0 win at Billericay. It can be 0-0 for so long, but the fact that as a team, as a squad, we are able to find a way to win, find a way to score a goal and then hold on to that lead to get the three points. I think that's the most important thing. We'll get reaction from boss Jay Sadler as well, who also commends his side on their work rate, even under adversity. We've had a little bit of adversity with the team selection and with players absent and not fully fit. So we've had to navigate through that. And I thought the players put on a performance of grit, of character and of resilience. And of course, this is a chance for you tuning in from back home to have your say. Were Pompey unlucky on Saturday, or are you concerned about recent performances? Can the Blues cope without Alex Robertson in the side? And what position would you like to see prioritised in this transfer window? Get involved, it's 81400 on the text. Begin those messages with the word express. You can send us an email, sport at expressfm.com there. Otherwise, use at expressfm on X. Visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, or download and reach us through the ExpressFM app. Welcome along on this Monday evening to the latest edition of the Football Hour. The Football Hour. Driven by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey. Express FM. Yes, good evening. Thank you for joining us for the Football Hour here with you right the way up until 7 o'clock tonight. We're full reaction to the events that have taken place in League One from across the weekend, as well as for Pompey women too. We'll dive straight into things in just a moment, but we must start off by remembering the late Franz Beckenbauer, who we've sadly come to learn just in the last few hours has passed away. The German former defender and manager passed peacefully in his sleep on Sunday, according to a statement sent to the German press earlier today by his family. Beckenbauer was arguably one of the greatest footballers to have graced the turf, not just in the eyes of German supporters, but to worldwide fans of the game too. He became world champion for his country as a player in 1974 and as a coach in 1990. Franz Beckenbauer enjoyed a playing career spanning almost 20 years and featured for Bayern Munich, New York Cosmos and Hamburger, returning to the States in 1983 and retiring whilst back with the New York Cosmos. Allegiances aside, I'm sure we can all come to agree, but Franz Beckenbauer was truly one of the game's greatest. 
Okay, then back to the Pompey talk, and we kick off tonight's show by providing a stark reminder of exactly what went down at Cheltenham on Saturday, where John Massinho was forced to make one change to the blue side that were victorious by two goals to one at home to Stevenage on New Year's Day, with Gavin White replacing the injured Alex Robertson. Every kick left a great delivery. Every goal curling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey. On Express FM. Kamara cutting in field. Williams got a foot in. Referee flags. But play goes on and Kamara into the box and then falls to the ground. And corner is the decision well, by it's the either, referee. It's either a, a goal kick or a penalty, isn't it? Lane looks to drill it across. And uh, oh, that's clumsy from Cheltenham. And Portsmouth are not going to have a penalty kick. And Abu Kamara is going to get a yellow card for simulation when the whistle was blown by the referee. Yeah, you I was at, sure he was going to point to the spot. You look at the reaction of Portsmouth players instantly. Three or four of them are going to the referee and can't believe it. And that, I think that tells you that I'm not quite sure where the referee got that one right. Cheltenham get to the ball, is laid by the dead ball line, nodding it back, rag it back to goal, turns it in, and the ball's going to go in the net! And Portsmouth have scored, and I think it's an own goal. Yeah. Raggett's getting the credit for making it. I think it was Bradbury, wasn't it, number four? He took a swing at the ball, Southwood had no chance. It's the silky skills of Sean Raggett with his back to goal and the six-yard <laughs> rocks that have made it. Yes. It's Cheltenham nil, Portsmouth 1. Throws to come into their penalty area, long one towards the near post, bouncing around, danger here, shot's going to go into the net! And Liam Serkham has equalised for Cheltenham. Portsmouth leads, lasting less than two minutes. A long throw to the penalty area, not dealt with. Liam Serkham scores against Portsmouth yet again, and the lead is wiped out. And Morel can get it back to shot to see, who's given the ball away, and Serkham scores! Can he get the delivery right? Chips in towards the far post. Bishop is not going to get the ahead of Davis. Drag it into the danger area. Bishop lays it for White. Short blocked and deflects wide for a corner kick. And Sadie still waits. Sadie with the ball looking for Bishop in the area. It's in perfect. Bishop, he's overrun it. Keeper's lost it and regathers it. Fine margins, eh? Really fine margins. I think if, you know what, if Bishop had gone down there, there was a case for a penalty as he chested that ball past the defender. But he didn't, he kept his feet because he thought he was going to get on the end of it. And then he slipped, goalkeepers come out and eventually claimed it. Good play by Sadie, immediate impact. Scully on the overlap, Rafferty coming forward, Rafferty crosses, it's a decent cross, Bishop's header is over. And that brings the game to an end. It was a good chance the final kick of the game. Portsmouth can't take advantage. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. 
The highlights there from Saturday's 2-1 defeat for Pompey away at Cheltenham Town there. And doing all of the work from the New Year's Day victory over Stevenage at Thratton Park, you would uh, probably be fair to say. Uh, some other results from the weekend in League One. Only five matches in total with the FA Cup third round taking place and a lot of League One sides in action there. Fleetwood Town defeated in an early kickoff for some reason by three goals to one at home to Derby County. Elsewhere, Burton Albion and Wickham Wanderers sharing a one-all draw at the Peru. Relly Stadium, Exeter City 2-1 victors over Carlisle United and Port Vale 3, Charlton Athletic 3. Uh, Bolton Wanderers, of course, uh, second in League One. They remained there. They weren't in action at the weekend in League One, but they were playing in the FA Cup away at Luton of the Premier League, holding the Premier League outfit to a 0-0 draw at Kenilworth Road, forcing a replay. So Bolton do not leapfrog Pompey at the top of League One despite the Blues defeat at Cheltenham um, but they are in second position two points behind John Bassinio's side with now two games in hand. Peterborough United are in third position, four points behind Pompey with only one game in hand. Derby County, Oxford and Barnsley make up the remainder of the top six. Down at the bottom, Fleetwood, Carlisle, Cheltenham and Reading uh, consisting of the relegation places as things stand. Well, I'm delighted to see you to say that I'm joined alongside two more Pompey fans on tonight's instalment of the show. First and foremost, Ryan Honey is in the studio with us. Ryan, good evening. Good evening, Jake. Good to be back. Great to have you. Um, shame it was uh, not under better circumstances, of course, after a defeat on Saturday for Pompey away at Cheltenham. We're going to hear tonight from John Massinio in the post-match reaction to that. Would you agree, Ryan, that maybe the Blues were a little bit unfortunate not to get a result against Cheltenham, considering the events of the game? Yeah, I would. I think um, anyone who watched the game would be able to see that we had you know, large portions of possession. And we created a fair few chances as well. It was just a lapse in concentration in which, you know, they capitalised on and, and really punished us. And that's sometimes the way it goes. And alongside myself and Ryan this evening, delighted to say, making his football hour debut. And very, very uh, delighted in doing so as well. Coming in very last minute, Aaron Quinlan joins us over the powers of the internet tonight. Aaron, I'm hoping you're there. Good evening. Oh, yes, I am here. It's uh, great to be here. Um, great to talk about Pompey with you guys today. Great to have your side relief, Aaron. Thank you ever so much for coming in on short notice. Um, likewise, Aaron, like I said to Aaron, shame it's not under better circumstances after a defeat for the Blues on Saturday. What was your assessment of what went down at Wadham Road? I mean, ultimately, I think I agree with Ryan. It was uh, unlucky we came away with that result. It seemed like five minutes of madness, really, that cost us, but... Um... Yeah, I don't think it's too much to be worried about. Just a little blip, I reckon. Bit of a blip um, after, of course, the previous games as well. Ryan, a win over Stevenage on New Year's Day. That looked to maybe calm a few nerves after what was a very difficult Christmas New Year period. It's now two defeats in the last five league matches. As, as a fan, are you concerned? We'll start off, are you concerned, of course, about the results rather than the performances? Because as Pompey fans, we have been here and we've done this and we kind of know how the story ends, don't we? I think it's normal for any top team to have a sort of blip and I think every fan's hoping that this is the blip in terms of you know it won't derail our entire season. Um, it's not ideal, it's far from ideal but we've got the players, we've got the management and we've got the fans that know that this team's more than capable of, of derailing that, mm. that, that, that blip and, and getting back to winning ways. 
Uh, look at also away from Pompey just from the weekend, highlighting the FA Cup. Maidstone beating Stevenage um, in the third round. They reached round four. The Maidstone, they're the lowest ranked team still in the competition and they are the first National League South side to reach round four since 2008. So a great accomplishment from Maidstone beating Stevenage by a goal to nil on Saturday afternoon. And Ryan, I'm going to put, put you on the spot a little bit yeah. here with a bit of a quiz question. Uh-huh. Maidstone, the first National League South team to reach the fourth round since 2008. What was the previous side? I'm going to say having a Waterlooville. Yeah, got to be in it. Yeah, that, the that, Hawks, up the Hawks. That incredible run 2008, the year, of course, Pompey won the competition, let's not forget, um, having to Waterlooville, making it to round four. And within that run, they faced none other than Liverpool at Anfield, taking the lead by two goals to one, but ultimately losing by five goals to two. So congratulations once more to Maidstone. I'm sure Steve Evans was uh, delighted with that result and I'm um, sure the referee made some good decisions there as well. Um, speaking of referee decisions, Aaron, which maybe a bit contradictory, of myself to mention that because Pompey were on the receiving end of some let's just say questionable ones on Saturday and John Massino highlights quite clearly in his post-match interview that um, he's confused about some of the decisions made um, Abu Kamara was brought down in the box um, on Saturday afternoon twice in the first half um, but the referee did not give a spot kick and actually booked Abu Kamara for the second occasion for an apparent dive um, Aaron, what are your thoughts on that one? Was it was it A, a penalty, and was it was it B, a dive? Was that fair enough? Um, well, I certainly don't think it was a dive. I think um, there was definitely claims for a penalty, and I, you could definitely see him giving it and not giving it, but I think booking him for simulation was a bit crazy. But then, then again, at this level, you've always got to accept, expect decisions like that because we all know the standard of refereeing isn't as high as we'd like it but I think we've just got to move on with it to be honest yeah and um, in regards to that second one that we talk about Ryan he was caught um, by the Cheltenham defender Sean Long um, upon looking at the replays you can see Sean Long probably does get the first connection to the ball um, Abu Kamara goes down it's under contact it's not a penalty mm. because Sean Long does win the ball but he's gone down after receiving contact that's allowed right That you, you can go down you maybe claim a penalty because that's what footballers do, but it's also in the same respect. Not it's not a dive, is it? No, unfortunately, the referee's got the wrong end of the stick a little bit, and um, Kamara, um, <laughs> you know, wrongly has been punished for hmm. you know trying to win the ball back in their area. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes the referee has an off day. Sometimes the referee sees it a way in which no one else in the stadium does um, but that's all that, that that can be the way sometimes but it's just one of those where he's got to pick himself up and go again yeah um, also looking at Saturday then and it was actually just six minutes after Abu Kamara was booked for diving George Lloyd the Cheltenham player went down in the Pompey penalty area after a shoulder to shoulder in the box so the referee waved away any claims from the Cheltenham players including George Lloyd himself uh, for a penalty uh, waved it away but no yellow card shown for a dive on that occasion so um, I think that's where frustration creeps in maybe about the uh, the consistencies of the officiating but we kind of say that week in week out don't we but let's maybe forget about banging that drum every single week because it's just the same old story um, into the second half then and on to the goals um, Aaron Pompey took the lead on the 49th minute um, we maybe initially thought it was Colby Bishop but Batanoi announcing it as an own goal through Tom Bradbury it was Marlon Pack's throw from left hand side it was actually Sean Raggett who done very well with a half volley into a dangerous dangerous area where Bishop was waiting Tom Bradbury trying to get the clearance away but ultimately putting the ball into the back of his own net um, a lead that maybe Pompey deserved at that point after a, a decent first half, just weren't able to take their chances for for most of it. 
Um, yeah, I think the goal, you know, it seemed like it was coming. I think we deserved the goal. The, the fashion in which it was scored, maybe not the, the prettiest, but at the end of the day, we deserved the lead when it came. It's just a shame we couldn't hold on to it. Mm. And not too long after, in fact, 90 seconds after, Ryan, we, we now come on to the five minutes of madness mm-hmm. at Wadden Road. Pompey took the lead on the 49th minute. On the 51st minute, Cheltenham equalised Liam Serkin with his customary goal against Pompey following a throw on the left-hand side. Um, decent finish. Took a bit of a deflection onto the post and into the back of the net. Deceived Will Norris, that's for sure. Um, and, and Cheltenham equalised. And at that stage, you kind of thought from a Pompey perspective that, yeah, lapsing concentration, the old cliche, you're at your most vulnerable when you've just scored and you mm-hmm. take the foot off the gas a little bit. And that seemed to have been the case a little bit with that goal. Yeah, and it's interesting because Moussinho is always going on about game management and potentially in the last few weeks our game management hasn't been at its best um, and I think you know for the first time really we've seen that come into f- uh, into fruition in terms of going ahead and then uh, lapsing concentration and it's not like the players um, that we've got at our disposal we've got experienced heads in there Marlon Pack Shocknessy uh, Raggett and even Will Norris uh, I think Pack even gave away the throwing in which they, they scored from yeah. when he had it in the area easy ball down the line hooking it away instead uh, a misplaced pass but sometimes that happens sometimes that happens but still you've got to you've got to brace yourself for a, a Cheltenham to come back and unfortunately we didn't do so and Aaron Ryan alludes to there the uh, circumstances of that first Cheltenham goal Marlon Pack tried to play the ball out to Abu Kamara to clear it on the right hand side it was an overhit pass Abu Kamara couldn't get to it which ev- eventually led to the throw in the second goal also Connor Shocknessy trying to play out from the back taking a bit of a heavy touch and uh, a Cheltenham player came in to intercept and it was Liam Serkham again to pick up the scraps great finish as well by the way uh, to thunder it past Will Norris but both of those goals Aaron came through mistakes from Pompey at the back uh, uh, yes it's frustrating of course it is but do you maybe agree with what John Massino kind of says week in week out that that is the product of what he's trying to get his team to play that is the way they're trying to do things that's the style of football trying to play out from the back and sometimes it's going to lead to mistakes unfortunately for Pompey this weekend it led to two and, and, and ultimately a defeat yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Messino has got us playing that way. It's attractive football. It's risky, but it's worked. We're, we're top of the league. We've got the best defensive record still. But obviously playing that way, you're going to inevitably make mistakes like that. So I think, you know, maybe just be a blip on Saturday. But you look at the rest of the season and we've rarely made mistakes playing out the back. You know, Norris has had some excellent distribution. Raggett on the ball has been excellent as well. So I think you're always going to get those mistakes. And I think just unlucky we had really two on Saturday, which cost us and cost us the three points mm. and do you think sometimes as well Ryan when you come up against teams like Cheltenham and, and you know all due respect to them they probably deserved something from a game on Saturday they didn't play too badly themselves as well um, but when you come up against sides who are scrapping at the wrong end of the table and fighting mm. for relegation or fighting against relegation really um, sometimes when games can be a little bit more difficult because they, they set out in a different kind of way Pompey mm. against Stevenage on Monday was a difficult game within its own right Stevenage went into it without having played on the 29th of December probably a bit more rested but they are ultimately a team that are in the playoff positions or were they're fighting for promotion this season and therefore probably a bit more open and expansive which allowed more gaps at the back when you come up against Cheltenham mm-hmm. the side at the bottom end of the table you don't seem to get that as often no but I think we did the hard work Jake we, we managed to get in front and you know arguably we've done the hard work ourselves inside inside 50 minutes and then a lapse in concentration you know cost us so in terms of doing the hard work and, and getting ourselves in front against a resolute Cheltenham side, because mm. they are going to be resolute when they're down the bottom, fighting for every ball and you know every point. 
as it goes. Um, but we did the hard part, and unfortunately, it was just one of those days. Yeah. Lots in concentration, and, uh, and that's the way it goes sometimes. Ryan, thank you very much. We're going to get more from both Ryan and Aaron in just a few moments' time, as well as hopefully more from you get back home tuning in as well. 81400 on the text, don't, remember, don't forget, uh, is what you need to do to get in touch. Start your messages with the word express. Include your name within that as well. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Find us on x at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Live. We'll get more from both Ryan and Aaron in just a few moments' time, as well as for post-match reaction of head coach John Massinho. He's been talking about the inconsistent officiating, whilst also acknowledging other factors contributing to defeat on Saturday. We didn't lose the game because of that. We lost the game because of our own sloppy, sloppy errors. I think that's the bottom line. So we are disappointed, obviously, in the, with some of those things that we've just spoken about there, but I think the, the biggest disappointment is I thought the performance was really good, but we just made a couple of real basic errors. Hear that interview in full as well as much more to come here on the Football Hour when we return in just a few moments time don't go anywhere For the fans by the fans The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM Go by bus Go greener with Stagecoach Next stop a cleaner greener future Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Good evening, welcome back to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Ryan Honey and Aaron Quinlan right the way up until 7 o'clock this evening. We've got a reaction to Pompey's 2-1 defeat away at Cheltenham Town on Saturday. In a moment, we're going to hear from John Massinho and his thoughts after the game, as well as come on and talk about the January transfer window as well. Later on in this evening's show, we're going to hear from both Ali Hall and Jay Sadler after the Pompey women return to action after a four-week hiatus on Sunday afternoon. Victorious by goal to nil away at Billericay, but more on that later on. And back to Ryan and Aaron on the show this evening and really going to come on to talk about the, the elephant in the room now, Ryan. That is Alex Robertson. We heard rumours towards the back end of last week on social media and in all fairness very reliable sources <laughs> uh, we were told by um, Pompey Sounds on, on Twitter that Alex Robertson was spotted um, in quite some distress after training um, a knee brace was quoted um, that he was using, we've heard from John Massinho since saying that he's got a hamstring tear, I'm not sure why you'd wear a knee brace for a hamstring tear but regardless mm. he's injured <laughs> and he's not in a good situation, John Massinho also highlights that he's gone back to Manchester City City to receive treatment and to undergo scans which take place today um, we're not going to hear about that I'm sure until the next time we catch up with John Massinho so the full extent of the length of the injury is yet to be confirmed nonetheless a miss probably for Pompey on Saturday and however long he's going to be out yeah unfortunately Jake it's one of those um, another injury um, it's not something that um, we haven't been able to become accustomed to um, because Regan Paul's been out, uh, Marlon Pack's been out for a period, Angerin, Lowry, Ogilvy, now Swanson as well. So it's something we're going to have to deal with. And the depth of the squad, do I think 
we can deal with all of those injuries at this current stage? No, I'm really glad that we're in January. And if anything, um, you know, it's the prime time for for that to happen. I know it's not ideal. It's far from ideal because he's been one of our top performance performers uh, this season. However, if it was going to happen, I'm so glad it's in January because it means that we can um, we can replace him properly. Mm. Andy Perkinson has got in touch on the email saying, "Calm down, everyone. You all sound sad. We've only lost an away game. All of this pressure and expectation uh, that fans put on the players is half the problem. I'll be honest, Andy. We're having a few technical issues in the studio as well. Uh, and um, and and yeah, we've lost a game. That's always that's always quite sad. I'm never happy about that." Uh, Dave Burns also got in touch saying, sorry Jake, it's the last thing I want to write, but it does feel like here we go again. The points we have dropped against struggling or bang average teams is scandalous. But at the moment it points to us not being good enough once again. You hear people say that in this league every team can beat every other team on their day. And whilst that can be true, it's a rare day but applies to genuine promotion contenders. Yes, you always get the odd surprise defeat, but we have already had more than that with just half a season gone. And it's not just about defeats anymore. Drawing matches you should be winning is all Almost as expensive as a defeat. Drawing all, draw all 46 matches remain unbeaten and you'll likely still get relegated. It's great to see the club in a much better place generally with the ownership and management team much improved from where we were previously but the combination of too many key injuries and currently too many bad days at the office are threatening a successful season. In my opinion, according to Dave, we're still not efficient enough in the final third and unless we address that quickly then we will prove to be not good enough to get out of this league yet again. Player Pompey says Dave on the emails. Uh, Aaron Quinlan joins us over the phones tonight and Aaron, back to that Alex Robertson conversation, really comes on to talk about the January transfer window and one of the questions would have been, where do you think Pompey need to strengthen the most before the closure of the transfer window this month? Would, would that number 10 role be probably the priority now for Richard Hughes and John Massino, considering the injury to Alex Robertson, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I think it would be, to be honest. Obviously, Sadie's filled in that role a few times this season and he had some good performances there. But then, you look, other than him, we don't really have any more players who could fill in that otherwise, unless you're putting a wide player into that number 10. So I think it looks like Robertson's going to be out for a while. So I think it is key we get someone in there to replace him. And in regards to elsewhere on the pitch, Ryan Alex Robertson, clearly a player that John Massino and any, any Pompey fan would look to try and replace this month, regardless, I guess, of how long he's going to be out for. Tino Andrin, we've heard, along with Zach Swanson, may not be back until March time. Uh, Tom Lowry has been the 19th player for away matches for the last few weeks. He was there at Wadham Road on Saturday, not selected within the match day 18. So I think he's getting acclimatised to that sort of match day scenario again after what has been a, a really horrific, horrific time for him again um, in the medics office but apart from that number 10 role where do you think Pompey need to strengthen the most in order to really get over the line this season well I think it'd be a case of fine-tuning the squad um, for me between four and five um, players should be coming in in this January transfer window I'll be looking at a secondary goalkeeper option uh, for me and I know he's coming you know just to uh, compete with uh, Will Norris but I don't think Ryan Schofield has really done himself any justice in the games that he has played in in all the cup games um, and for me if he was to come in for whatever reason I'd, 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 I wouldn't trust him and that's nothing against him that's just the way he's performed and just the way it goes sometimes so for me a secondary goalkeeper option would be um, a, a, a big priority also I think um Someone that can play centre half and also mm. in the fullback areas. I think you know we saw Deshaun Bernard come in last season. He could he could operate on the on, on the right hand side and he could also operate in the middle. I think someone like that would also offer cover 
um, for the likes of Raggett and Rafferty should he get injured because obviously there's no Swanson anymore. Would Riley Tyler be an option for you? Um, I know he's not been favoured this season. Um, for me, I, th- I think his confidence has been knocked. Mm. You know, the first game of the season killed him. Um, and for me, I think he needs a loan. Um, get him out playing football, uh, whether that's League One, League Two. Um, get him out for the rest of the season. I don't, I don't think we can offer in the EFL um, a short-term loan for Riley. Yep. So I, th- I think it would be a full season. So it's an interesting one. Um, but for me, he has to he has to be loaned out. We need to get covering. Okay, we're going to get more from Ryan and Aaron in just a few moments' time. Do get involved back home as well if you're tuning in. Let us know who you think Pompey should sign during this January transfer window and how many names need to come through the door in order for John Messino's side to really get over the line and secure promotion to the championship come the end of the campaign. We're going to get more reaction in just a few moments' time. But now we're going to hear from John Messino himself speaking after the game on Saturday to Andy Moon. Hey John, what's your assessment or what you saw today? Difficult to really sum up. Uh, I thought by the time we went 1-0 up, I thought we'd fully deserve to take the lead and we'd look the better side for the entirety of the first half. Um, we hadn't put away a couple of the opportunities that um, we created and then came out in the second half with a lot of purpose, scored the goal. And I thought at that point, OK, that's one of the more dominant performances of the season we've put in. And then there was five minutes of just absolute madness from us. A couple of the decisions, decisions we made in our own box uh, to, to dwell on the ball and invite pressure just cost us. And that was, that was all it was. There were um, two moments where we didn't play as we should have done and, and had done in the first half, dealing with everything that Cheltenham threw at us and um, playing really well off the back of it. Um, and then after that, I thought we responded pretty well, created chance after chance and didn't put the ball in the back of the net. Really, really disappointing afternoon. I uh, thought we were the, the better side, but we've made a couple of really, really poor decisions that have cost us. Should you have had a penalty in the first half? We should have had two, but yeah, what, what can you do? We've, we somehow ended up with two bookings for dives. It's one of the most bizarre afternoons of, of those sort of decisions as well that I've seen. Um, is it just a day where just nothing quite going for you after that point? Uh, the thing is, when we went one 0 up, I thought, okay, you know, we, we had a couple of a couple of contentious decisions in the first half. Um, Abu's been booked for for diving, which is which is never a dive. If you want to contest whether it's a penalty or not, you can contest that, but it's not a dive. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one about five minutes earlier where um, the referees played advantage on the far side. Um, Abs has then beat his man in the box. Then he's been pushed into the hoardings. Um, no Cheltenham players touched the ball, but the referee's given a corner instead of um, the penalty, which which it should have been. Uh, and then there's the really strange one. Having done that and played advantage for about 10 seconds, he doesn't play advantage for the one um, just after where Paddy Lane puts the ball in the back of the net. So, uh, they, yeah, they, they, they were strange ones. I think just having said all that, a lot of stuff then sort of didn't go for us in terms of refereeing decisions in the second half, particularly the one where I'm speaking to the fourth officially saying, yeah, I can see the clear pull on Anthony Scully and he somehow ended up being booked. Um, but we didn't lose the game because of that. We lost the game because of our own um, sloppy, sloppy errors. I think that's the that's the, the bottom line. So we are disappointed, obviously, in the, with, with some of those things that we've just spoken about there. But I think the, the the biggest disappointment is I thought the performance was really good, but we we just made a couple of real basic errors. Uh, no, Alex Robertson today. What's the situation with him? Yeah. Um, really unfortunate one he felt his hamstring in training on on thursday so um we've sent him back to man city to get a scan and he will be getting that scan on monday so we'll we'll learn more then is there any kind of initial prognosis uh, i think it's a, it's a hamstring tear but we just we don't know how how bad it is how big a blow is that for you yeah it's, it's, it's a real blow robo's been one of our better players so far this season he's been a bright spark and and yeah we'll um, we'll really miss him for the for the time he's out um i still think you know we we have the squad to be able to 
sort of compete and bring people in um, underneath him. So, uh, yeah, as, as much as a blow it is, we, we need to get on with it and dust ourselves off and go again. Is it also January planned? Quite possibly, I think, yeah, because there's there's one player I think we have to take a serious look at who can play in a multitude of positions. So I think it's one of those where yeah, we definitely have to see what we do off the back of that. And I think the first thing we do is get the scan results and see how bad it is. Just finally, there's always going to be testing times. One, one win in five now. It, 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 how, yeah, how do you kind of turn that around? I, today I can I can I can live with today because I thought we performed really well. There were other performances in those um, in those five that I wasn't particularly pleased with. So I think that's one where we will look at it after the game and, and think, well, I, I, I'm still a bit puzzled as to how we've lost that, to be honest. But yeah, we have to obviously just keep keep calm and, and try and, and carry on and, and pick up another three points when we um, when we host later in Orient on Saturday. And, and obviously, I think the league table now is, is tightened up right at the top. We haven't given ourselves the luxury of, of you know, putting in those um, those results or getting those results. And yeah, we have to make sure we, we step on ourselves and do better. The post-match assessment there of John Massinho speaking to Andy Moon after the full-time whistle at Wadden Road up in Gloucestershire on Saturday afternoon after Pompey were defeated by two goals to one away at Cheltenham Town. Another email here from Linda who's got in touch saying, well, have the wheels come off? It is that time of the year and we know what normally happens. We've had only one league game, league win sorry, in the last five and we're now looking over our shoulders at teams who have won games in hand on us. We were clear in daylight between us and them but it's now not in our hands. The injuries have not helped and now it looks like we are going to lose Robertson for a while too. On Saturday we went from winning to losing in the space of five minutes. Have teams sussed us out? We're playing out from the back. We need a stronger transfer window. Hope Hopefully, to just put us back on track. Player Pompey says Linda on the emails there. Ryan Honey and Aaron Quinlan alongside us this evening. Aaron, you can understand why there is concern considering Pompey's form around the Christmas and New Year period. This is the third time the Blues have been top of League One at Christmas and the previous two occasions they've not won the league um, in fact on one of them I think we even dropped out of a top six altogether so you can understand why there is that concern in your opinion Aaron is there something different about this team and was Saturday's defeat not entirely reflective of Pompey's performance I mean uh, you do think you know it's typical Pompey get to Christmas and then we, we start you know the wheels start coming off but then it's also typical Pompey fans to I think overreact a lot of the time as well if you look at the games we've played out of the top seven, we haven't lost a game against any other team. Now I think it's four wins and two draws against them all. So we're obviously uh, good enough to be up there. We're obviously, you know, one of the best teams in the league. We've showed that we can make the difference in those big games. And I think inevitably across a long season, you are going to have those days where you're just not at it or you get a bit unlucky. And I think we just had that come into a short period of time because we went so long without losing um, at the start of the season. So I think... I don't think there's too much to be worried about. Mm. If it does continue, maybe we start wondering. But I think at the moment, we are still in a very good position. We're still top of the league with the best defensive record in the league, to be honest. Yeah. And um, would it be a fair thing to say as well, Ryan, that yes, the last five league matches, not before you want <laughs> for any team, let alone when you're challenging for automatic promotion. But is there credit in the bank considering how well this side has started the campaign? And also you could maybe argue that the reason why Pompey still top of the league despite this you know rotten form is because they've built up the amount of points to put themselves seven points clear at one point I think eight points clear at one stage mm. as well in December you could afford a little bit to have these games where you are not victorious in and fall off a little bit and if this is going to be a, a barren run of form that's going to last maybe even, even two or three matches you're still up there yeah of course 
I think anyone at the start of the season would have taken 53 points from 26 games and anyone who said they wouldn't would be lying. Um, yes, the form isn't great, but I'd rather be having it now as we head into January where we can where we can boost our, our, our ranks and then and really go for it. As well as that, I'd rather be having a, a dip in form now rather than later on in the season where, you know, tough games come thick and fast, you know. Top six sides every week pretty much in the running and that, that's yeah. tough that's really tough we've got one of the hardest run-ins I've seen for a long long time <laughs> um, so it's important that we we shake this off it is um, get back to winning ways and, and pick up as many points because the running will be tough mm. um, but there's no reason to say um, this blip will define our season no way uh, Pompey have been rumoured again I must stress rumoured on social media uh, to be linked with uh, Bradford City striker Jake Young uh, John Massino has since um, disregarded these claims uh, he has been recalled by Bradford from his loan at Swindon Town nothing has materialised but he was not in action for Bradford City on Saturday afternoon not involved in their team so you would think that if Bradford have recalled him from his loan at Swindon that they'll be sending him out somewhere potentially selling him in this January transfer transfer window whether that is Pompey or not remains to be seen but the question is Aaron uh, regardless of whether it's Jake Young or anybody else is a striker in your opinion something that Pompey need considering of course Cassini Yengi now out with Australia in the Asia Cup potentially until mid-February I mean yeah I certainly wouldn't say uh, no to a striker um, obviously with Yengi out it's kind of Bishop and then you, you have to look at Sadie to fill in for him because he's the only other one who could really play up top but and again, Colby is one of the best strikers in the league, and I think Yengi's a very good backup for him. So um, depending on how long he's gone for, I think maybe a short-term loan. But other than that, I think there's other areas that we need to prioritise other than a striker. And hmm. um, Your opinion, Ryan, and I said earlier, a, a goalkeeper potentially in, in backup to Will Norris, Ryan Schofield, not filled many with, with much confidence um, Josh Oloimi potentially could be coming back to Pompey from his loan um, at, at Chelmsford in your opinion would he be someone who would benefit more from going back out on loan somebody out, somewhere else yeah for me he's in he's in a similar boat to Ryan Schofield mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel comfortable him coming into the, the first team fold at any point um, during our, our promotion running so for me yeah another loan for for Joshua. Mm. Uh, Ryan Stilwell, a good friend of ours here at Express FM, tweeting after the game on Saturday. Been a long time since I left the match, quite so perplexed as to how we've left with nothing. For 87 minutes, we plummeled them into the ground. Three minutes of extraordinary um, dumb football, both a legi- legitimate goal and penalty not being given, somehow cost us all of it. Baffling day, I think, goes to show how the small margins in football sometimes can cost you um, real, real great reward as, as for Pompey on Saturday. Coming away from Wadham Road with zero points after taking the lead uh, for an own goal early in the second half. Um, elsewhere, taking a look on social media, Brooks Smedley, a guest here occasionally on the Football Hour, saying, to be fair to Massinho, he set up a start of the season with his playing style. We will concede a few goals. We've had two instances where the play has been the result of us conceding, but they'll be more remembered than the hundreds of times we've successfully played out, uh, is what uh, Brooks Smedley has had to say over on X and really just to sort of bring things to a conclusion before we move on to the break and start to talk about the Pompey women and unfortunately for them a victorious weekend over the last few days um, Pompey now heading to the late Norwich game on Saturday Ryan needless to say needing a victory um, mm. against a team who are comfortably mid-table not challenging at the top not really fighting relegation um, back in front of the home turf how much of a role have the Pompey fans at Fratton Park got on Saturday to really lift the spirits within this team 
Massive. I think over the last few weeks we've seen probably the poorest atmospheres of the season. And you know, I think that's down to nerves. Um, but there's no reason to be nervous. We're top of the league for a reason. And, you know, the players have come out and said, you know, it's a, it's a much more enjoyable place for them to play football when we're behind them. And um, I, th I think that's going to be absolutely pivotal because Leighton Orient, they're, they're no mugs. Yes, mm. you say they're comfortably in mid-table, but they've only lost one in the last five in yeah. the league, and that was to Bolton, who are breathing down our necks. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game, and nobody should turn up expecting the win because we need, we need to help them get it. And Cheltenham themselves, to defeat Pompey on Saturday, could actually do the Blues a favour this coming weekend. They've got Bolton, so <laughs> if they could continue that, that winning momentum, and they're on a decent run themselves under new manager Daryl Clark, if they could continue that against Bolton this weekend, uh, then I guess you could all forgive them for beating Pompey on Saturday. And a win on Saturday for, for the Blues against Leighton Orient could just instil that bit more confidence and, and extend that gap between themselves and Bolton in second. Everything can change within just a matter of days on football, that is, but the beauty of it and sometimes that actually can sometimes come back and bite us and haunt us but on this occasion Pompey have been defeated and we go into the next one off the back of zero points Ryan Honey it's been a pleasure to have you on the football hour this evening thank you ever so much for coming into the studio to talk to us thanks very much Jake and a big thank you as well once again to Aaron Quinlan joining us over the phone lines tonight Aaron thank you very much solid debut from yourself I must say um, especially on such short notice Aaron have a great rest of your evening thank you very much for calling in it's been a pleasure. Cheers. Right, we're going to get more, I'm sure, from Ryan and Aaron in the future. And uh, we're going to have two more Pompey fans on the show with us this coming Friday for the next instalment of the Football Hour. When we return after the break, we're going to be bringing things to a conclusion on this evening's show by going over the events of Sunday's victory for the Pompey women away at Billericay. They went into that match off the back of four weeks without a game. They had the Christmas and New Year period off due to the just the schedule of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. There are only 12 teams in that league, so therefore not as many games to be played as their male counterparts. And Jay Sadler has been speaking after their victory. We lacked a little bit of connectivity and balance, and, and that's on me. I said that to the players, that's on me. We, we didn't foresee what was going to be in front of us and with a few changes we obviously got a foothold in the game and then I think the subs impacted and, and won us the game. We'll get more reaction from both Jay Sadler and Ali Hall when the football hour returns and don't forget back home if you'd like to have your say this evening we'd more than welcome it. 81400 is the number you need to text. Start your message with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com Get involved over on X at expressfm is what you need to include within your post. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download and get in touch via the new ExpressFM app available on iOS and Android devices. So join myself, Jay Smith in just a few moments' time for the conclusion of the Football Hour. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM.
Yeah, good evening. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Driven to you, as you've just heard of it, by Stagecoach Across the South. So, a disappointing weekend as far as Pompey's men were concerned. Defeated by two goals to one away at Cheltenham Town. They do remain top of League One and two points clear of second place Bolton. However, the Trotters do have two games in hand. Pompey hosts Leighton Orient this coming Saturday at Fratton Park for match day number 27 in League One, looking, of course, to bounce back and get straight back to winning ways. That is something that the Pompey women were able to do on Sunday afternoon, so lighten the mood a little bit amongst the Portsmouth camp this weekend. Victorious by a goal to nil away at Billericay in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. They had to wait until quite late to get it. Ali Hall with the only goal of the game in a 1-0 victory for the Blues over at Lodge Lane. The goal scorer has been speaking after the match to Max Swatton from the Pompey Media team about her performance and the game overall. Ali, our only goal scorer this afternoon, but first of all, how pleased are you to be able to get the result tonight? Yeah, we're really pleased. That's the most important thing, that we get the win and we get the three points, and that's what we wanted to come here today and do and keep hopefully moving up that table. You came on in minute 75, you scored in minute 78. Just talk us through what you remember of the goal. I just remember the ball being played down to Emma and just running as quick as I could to try and make sure I was actually in the box, otherwise Kim definitely would not have been happy if no one was in there. But I think mean, it was it was the ball from Emma that was just excellent. It was like perfectly in front of me and I just needed to make sure I just got something on it. So. What did you think you could add to the game when you were sort of watching from the sidelines? I don't know. I don't I think I think we we played well. We just I think we just needed to it was just that little bit extra in the final third, we just needed to try and get the ball in the back of the net. Um for me, I just wanted to come on and try and do my normal thing, run around, get on the ball, go and support the front line when they needed me. Um, yeah. And obviously that's what you thought you could have. What did Jay ask from you when you when you came onto the pitch in the end? Uh, he wanted me to get on the ball, get on the ball in those spaces just in front of Lita, um, and then also support the front line and make those runs going forward. Obviously moments during the 90 minutes were maybe not the prettiest performance, but how crucial is it as a team to be able to sort of show both sides to your game like that? I think that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, it's nil-nil up to a certain point in the game, but we still managed to win the game, and that, that's the most important thing to think about here. I think, you know, Bidderick, I thought, played well. They had some really good spells. They had some opportunities to score as well. Us also, we had some moments in front of goal, but actually... You can get it can be nil nil for so long, but the fact that as a team, as a squad, we are able to find a way to win, find a way to score a goal, and then hold on to that lead to get the three points, I think that's the most important thing to think about. Yeah, as you said, it's obviously a tough place to come and, and a tough team to play against. So, what, what's the mood like in the dressing room after that one, having got over the line? I think win, winning one nil, it, it feels so much more sweeter, I think, than if you were to win like four or five nil or something like that, because you you know it was tight and it and it was tight and it could have gone either way. And you're thinking, you know, nerves start to settle in a little bit towards the end of the game because you know you're hanging on to a lead, but everyone's really really happy. And I think that's it when you're not completely at your best but you still manage to win games that's what we should hold on to Ali Hall speaking to Max Swatton after the full time whistle on Sunday afternoon where Pompey women were victorious by a goal to nil away at Billericay Town looking at the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division table and what that means for the teams within it Pompey remain in second position uh, behind hashtag United uh, I think actually that's an, uh, an outdated table um, I think they are now joint level <laughs> with points on Hashtag United um, with 33 with a game in hand and a big game at Wesley Park on Sunday afternoon. Coming up um, is Portsmouth taking on Hashtag United um, in in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. Uh, Pompey have played 12 matches. Hashtag have played 13. So the Blues will be top of the table with a far 
far superior goal difference uh, on their rivals. Hashtag United looks to be between the two teams bidding for promotion to the championship this season. And the key change in this league, this campaign, is that the winner of the of the division, uh, the first place finisher, will automatically be promoted to the championship. This is the first time that this has happened. In previous campaigns, the winner of the Southern Premier Division will go into a playoff with the winner of the Northern Premier Division. And then the, the winning team of that game will then proceed to the championship and only one side relegated from the second tier that has all changed and the league winners this season onwards will be automatically promoted to the championship so good news for Pompey and all of those other southern sides within this table take a look from the table in full Pompey top of the tree with 33 points and a goal difference of plus 44 hashtag United second with a goal difference of 14 also uh, on 33 points Rugby Borough a third having played uh, 12 matches the same as Pompey but on 24 points then it's Ipswich Oxford United and MK Dons making up the top half and the top six down at the bottom in the bottom half, Cheltenham Town, Billericay and Cardiff Ladies with uh, Plymouth Argyle, Chatham Town in 10th and 11th. London Bees rock bottom of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division with two points accumulated from their 11 matches this season. Zero victories for the London Bees, looking quite bleak for them. Well, Sunday's victory for the Pompey women didn't just mark eight consecutive victories in the league this season, but it also marked the 200th game in charge for head coach Jay Sadler. He spoke after the game once again to Max Swatton about how pleased he was to get the result over the line, despite it not being the prettiest of performances. Yeah, obviously pleased we've got the win and a clean sheet to boot as well. Just shows that the solid foundations that we built defensively um, this season. And yeah, it was always going to be difficult coming back in after the Christmas break against the team that lost heavily before Christmas. And they set up um, quite defensively today. Um, two banks of four and, and two up top. How can they limit our chances wide? But they know we're a team that likes to get the ball down wide. And obviously um, we've had a little bit of adversity um, with the team selection um, with players absent and um, not fully fit so we've had to navigate through that and I thought the players put on a, a performance of grit of character um, and of resilience they, they showed some real good resilience and desire um, and we, we listen the first half it was frustrating um, it was about moving the ball um, from side to side with pace to try and open up horizontal spaces to play through the lines and then at times I don't think we had the right depth or the right height to then play vertical um, so we kind of played into their hands really and we got frustrated by it we took too many touches in central areas allowed them to get back balanced underneath the ball and second half it was just a game of how can you get that chance create the chance and when you do you've got to take it and it was a, it was a fine goal to win the game as you said Quite a frustrating first half, nothing quite clicking for us. So what did you ask for from your side at the break? Well, we moved a few things around. We, we put Beth back out onto the right-hand side. and We know she's got a real good social connection with, with Ava and, and with Nick. Um, it allowed Beth to come inside the pocket and play in the lines. Um, Ava deep and Nick high. We tried to kind of create that central box. And on the left-hand side, G played a different role today. Um, we asked her with Quirky out with an ankle injury today. We, we've asked her a different side of Georgie, thinking the game would be a bit more transitional and you can use her pace. But she had to come into the pocket with Izzy trying to overlap Danny running the seam. So there's a few 
few things that just didn't connect. We, we lacked a little bit of connectivity and balance, and, and that's on me. I said that to the players, that's on me. We, we didn't foresee what, what was going to be in front of us, and with a few changes, um, we obviously got a foothold in the game, and then I think the subs impacted and, and won us the game. I thought they were superb today. I keep talking about it not being a, a me game or a team game, it's a squad game, and, and the subs showed that. Emma Jones come on, um, showed great physical presence up there to hold the ball and flick, and, and, and then when you've got Ella Humphrey running at you, a proper wide forward who, who had a tail up today was beating players 1v1 and, and Ali Hall running in the seam so I think they, they made a big impact today and uh, really really proud for, for them Just delve into a little bit more detail about the team selection if you can obviously you mentioned Quirky's ankle injury there what was the reasoning for the rest of the selection? Yeah so we, we lost Quirky during a week um, with an ankle injury um, precaution um, we obviously didn't want to um, we didn't want to aggravate that make it worse um, and Therefore, with Emma Jones as well, <clears throat> not being fully fit. Listen, everyone's coming back in after the Christmas break. Um, it's cold and we've had a, a bit of illness as well. That, that's hit the camp, hence some of the players on the bench coming back from chest infections and illnesses. And um, we've had to move a few things around. But we based the team around consistency. Um, nine players that featured against Southampton, which, although the result might not show it, the performance was one to be proud of. Um, so we've only changed one player per line. Emily Pittman come in. Um, she wants to run in behind. Um, she wants to utilise the space that they didn't give her. So she had to um, she had to play a different game today, um, which she's learning as a young player. And Danny Lane, Danny Lane scores goals, 11 goals. She is um, fantastic um, in both boxes, um, offensively as well today. And she's come back in with a real fire. So we had to utilise her. Um, and then as the game went on, we, we just saw the game being a game of patience and a game of purpose. And we needed um, certain profiles um, on the pitch and we got them on. And, one of those coming on, Annie Roll, for a for a 50th game, um, which is credit. A lot of players this season picking up milestones, and, and we're really proud of that. Performance aside, it's a 1-0 win. It's three points and the perfect way to mark your 200th Pompey game. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, it is, to be fair. Um, it's the perfect way to start 2024. Um, as we mean to go on, um, great teams find a way to win with adversity, and this team's done that. But in order to be a great team, they have to do it week in, week out, and that's the challenge that this group have got now. Yeah, great to hear from Jay Sadler speaking after Sunday's 1-0 victory uh, for the Pompey women away at Billericay. Ali Hall, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the only goal of the game on Sunday afternoon. That was uh, not only Pompey's eighth league win in a row and not only Jay Sadler's 200th match in charge, but it also surpassed any winning run achieved in both of Pompey's 2014 and 15 and 2011-12 title winning seasons. So if any, if omens are anything to go by, that is uh, that's quite a remarkable stat to be looking back upon. Uh, the last two times any such run has been achieved by the Pompey women or the Pompey ladies, as they were called back then, uh, both ended in title success at the end of the campaign. But a lot to play for between now and the end of the season. And for the Pompey women, they take on Hashtag United at Wesley Park this coming Sunday. And that is the start of what is a Pompey Live doubleheader this weekend. Saturday, it all commences from 2 o'clock with a visit late in Orient. Uh, for Portsmouth's men in League One to Fratton Park to see if they can get back to winning ways. And then on Sunday afternoon, a 2 o'clock kickoff, kickoff at Wesley Park, a 1pm start time here on Express FM to see if the Pompey women can uh, make it nine wins in a row in the FA Women's National League so 
Southern Premier Division with a victory over league uh, rivals. Hashtag United. Do join us for the start of that Pompey Live weekend uh, this coming Saturday from 2 o'clock. Here we go. Pompey Live. Pompey were unable to back up their three points on New Year's Day. Who's given the ball away and Next up, our first Pompey Live Weekender of 2024 takes place with the men hosting Leighton Orient before the women welcome Hashtag United to Wesley Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from 2. Every kick, every goal, every game is right here on Express FM, Pompey Live. With Aquacars. And before all of that, I'll be back with two more Blues fans this coming Friday evening to preview both of those big, big games at the weekend. Saturday's visit Leighton Orient to Fratton Park in League One for Portsmouth men, as well as Sunday's FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division tie between the Pompey women and Hashtag United at Wesley Park. We're going to have both Eric Colborne and Jay Sadler on the show with us, as well as Pompey fans, to give us your views on all of the weekend's action as well. The Soft Rock Show with Jeff Dorsett is up next here on Express FM. That is followed by That 80 Show with Kevin Stokes from 9 through until 11, which is when Josh Bowness returns with Express Hits through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. On Tuesday morning, Darren Gabden sits in for Ian James with Express Breakfast from 6.30 through till 10, which is when Paul Marsh returns with your mid-morning show. But until next time, Pompey fans, I'll see you on Friday night from usual time of 6. Until then, take care. Have a great evening. Bye-bye.